0: Hi everyone, um, welcome to the pilot episode for What Does It Take? Um, this episode is called 808s Greater Than Gospel. Um, today I've got two guests on, so can you guys please introduce yourselves?
1: Name, Rick Hilton, occupation, varsity football team. But I got kicked, so now I'm here
2: as a student, pharmacy student. Name. Jerry, quad, occupation, I sell kids drugs. I got quad, so I'm here. <laughs> Alright,
0: thank you guys for joining me today. So, um, our first topic of the day, we're just going to be talking about Kanye West's new album, Donda. Oh, so, no. we'll just start off with something um, quite easy, but hard at the <coughs> same time. Was it good or
2: bad? It was amazing. D- Jerry, don't you dare say it was bad. I, I have a different opinion on it, Dondo is um, <coughs> a full hour of rubbish and it deserves to be in the bin because only half of the songs are actually relevant to music but it's an experience the experience does not outweigh the fact that he's getting money off Spotify for people listening to some. His mum go donda 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 for a full minute straight. You don't want to listen to that. I'm sure people have it on repeat, but no, people aren't gonna go back to that. But they just listen to it for the full album. Listen through. Okay, in my opinion, this this album's got twenty six songs in it or twenty seven. Uh, donda chant is the best one, and it's literally. His mom just saying Donda real sus. <laughs> Are you going to trust the guy who says
1: the Donda album is trash but says Donda chant is the best song on the album?
2: It, ma- it makes sense.
0: Alright guys, um, calm down first of all. <laughs> Let's just talk about the origin of the album. So, Do we know why um, Kanye West decided to drop Donda and what it's about?
1: First of all, he didn't want to drop Donda.
0: Universal dropped it for him,
1: so <laughs> fuck Universal. All my homies hate Universal. <laughs> That's why when it first got released, Joe Part Two wasn't on there. But I also think it wasn't necessary on the album because Jay Z
2: over uh, the baby. Yeah. Um, I have no idea where Donda comes from. I just know Donda is Kanye West's mom's name, and I hate Kanye West. So I hate his mom. <laughs> Right, didn't have
0: to make it so personal, but that's what this podcast is all about, you know. Strong opinions, um, even stronger rebuttals. So, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. As as someone who hasn't listened to Donda before, do you guys have any suggestions for what to listen to as my first listen?
1: Okay, first of all, you don't have to listen to Donda chant like Jerry wants you to.
2: Okay, okay. I feel like if you want an actual playthrough of Donda, you must listen to. From top to bottom, you must listen to, to chant first, and end off with, um, end off with Jesus Lord Part 2 at the end, Is all 27 songs in order. Okay, I agree, you should do a full listen through, because then that's what is part of the experience,
1: but you don't have to go back to those songs, but some noteworthy songs, in my opinion, Jail, Hurricane, Off the Grid, Off the Grid, um, keep my spirit alive also moon yeah. um i think that's all i can recall
2: pop not the
1: pop smoke song that's like <laughs> one minute of like poorly clipped audio
2: okay so my um suggestions for donda is off the grid and um, Yeah, so Donda is an hour and 48 minutes of wasting your life because this song, this whole album is Dog Water and it's literally just a different artist every single song. But then he has that status so that he can get all those artists to collaborate with him to make those songs. Status doesn't mean a good song.
0: Alright guys, so... um. You know, in, in the hip-hop world, some people do like to release albums with tracks in a particular order to um, sort of um, convey a particular story. So, in Donda, um, listening from the first track all the way down to the 27th in order, is there a story present? Oh,
1: yes. But also, when he first like hinted <laughs> these songs through his live streams, he would actually like, do them in different orders. So I think he had like three live streams in total, and in my opinion, the second live stream had the best order of songs. But for some reason, when he released it, it's in like the order of the third live
2: stream, which is alright, I guess. Because everybody hates Universal. Yeah, fuck
1: Universal. All my homies hate Universal.
2: Yes. Um, that's also uh, apparent in other uh, albums, um, such as um epic oh i thought you better say bts album such as epic release sleepless in which was very much meant as a story uh for seven songs in a row meant to be listened to in order oh i do like sleepless yeah epic fucking g all me homies love epic <laughs>
0: All right, guys, so Epic High is actually a Korean artist. Um, Let's just bring up the topic. Do you guys think American artists are better than Korean artists?
2: Yes, no, why? um,
1: It's a, both a yes and no, because... Shut the fuck up. No, no, no. no. Your, your opinion does not valid here. Hey, let <laughs> me say my part. Okay, the reason why I say yes, they are better, because they are basically the pioneers of what Korean artists are picking up on. Like, for example, um, with Western artists right now, like, what's really popular is, like, drill music, like, drill beats. And now you can start hearing that pop up in Korean music now. So, um, a noteworthy song is 24 Hours by Super B, who's a Korean rapper who uses a drill beat
2: on his song. (laughs) Alright, so on the topic of is American better than Korean or whatever, um... I feel like just Korean music is superior in a lot of ways. But that is that is very much supported by the fact that um, even though American music is technically what started this whole rise of K-rap and K-music in general, um, Koreans just take it one step further and always being innovative and um, yeah, the American music is pretty much just trying to keep up with the shit, you know, because K rap is the shit. And once, like, any um, American rapper or just artist in general listens to a Korean song, they start creaming themselves and they just can't stop. Okay, I agree
1: that um, Korean artists are more inventive with their music because, for example, with Western rap. A lot of Western rap nowadays just sounds the same. All the beats sound the same. But then they set the base for Korean artists and they take that and then add their own twist to it. So that's why I do agree
2: that Korean artists are also pretty good. Yeah. So, so basically, having a little analogy here is that American music is a bit like twisting my show off, but Korean music is a bit like twisting my nose <laughs> 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 because when you twist your notes, it hurts more than twisting your shaw. So that's why Korean music got that bigger fire, twisty beat. Alright, guys. Um, I think there's a
0: little bit of an important um part that we need to clarify, distinguish for our for our listeners. So, um, I do believe that Korean hip hop and Korean rap are two different genres. They have different qualities and. Do you guys mind going into a bit of depth about what those differences are? Mr. Kwan.
1: Okay. I feel like... (laughs) Alright, so Korean rap, you know. It's just your standard, like, rap music, I would say. And then Korean hip-hop likes to delve. It's like a mix of everything, I would say. Because you've got... elements of rap and elements of pop in there as well especially because um korean singing rap mm. is a very popular like subgenre of korean hip-hop yeah, and r&b yeah and then that ties in with korean r&b as well which i guess can also be a whole genre in itself
2: um the thing about uh categorizing k-rap is so hard because in It's, like, a whole other genre in itself, firstly. But then, like, trying to categorize it as the original categorization as, like, R&B. But always putting a K in front of it. Like, you'd have to do it for everything again. So, basically, (laughs) K-Rap covers all of the other... genres within, like, the rap kind of category and, like, the singing, the pop, the R&B, you know how it is, straight-up, G-Gang, West Side, baby.
0: All right, so I think um, back when we started listening to um, those sorts of types of music, i.e. K-rap, K-R&B, K-hip-hop, it might have been considered a bit niche, um, especially where we come from in Perth, uh, Western Australia, but do you guys think that we're still... um, that they're still niche in terms of their popularity as a genre? Um,
1: In terms of, like, the population as a whole, yes, very much so. But I feel like it's starting to become a lot popular amongst the Asian population here. Um, Some noteworthy people would be, like, people who also do raps in English. So one good example would probably be, like, DPR Live because he likes to mix in English lyrics as well as Korean lyrics. Yeah, it just makes me calm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like K-Rap as a whole is just getting a lot more attention these days that it deserves because um, a lot of Korean-American artists are popping up as well, which is someone like uh, what who Ricky just mentioned earlier and... Um, I feel like the rise just uh, is uh, stopping a lot of people from continuing to listen because um, there's a few people out there which likes to <laughs> make this <laughs> makes this real niche genre of music and likes to listen to it. So also makes me want to calm. <laughs> okay,
1: okay, but I think because like it's still a niche because there's still a stigma behind Korean music in general and linking that to K-pop and, like, BTS because there is a um, stigma that, like, oh, Korean music is bad or, like, the K-pop fandom people are crazy, which is true to some extent, but then I feel like that's what puts people off from delving into listening to Korean music.
2: Uh, Yeah, there's, like, a lot of uh, talks going around about how toxic um, the... Korean music uh, fan bases, but then if you go back to like um, early days of Justin Bieber, you see all these crazy ass fans going crazy, like, it's just like the problem everywhere. And even these days, people outside of like Justin Bieber's house won't leave him alone. My guy has multiple clips of not giving his 12 year old girls a hug because (laughs) (laughs) I think that's, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. But like the 12 year old girls be asking for a hug outside of justin weaver's house literally waiting there for hours and my guy just wants to go to rest and he's like not not having any of your shit but like that is i feel like that's something that happens everywhere and it's just been um it's just been in the spotlight recently because korean fans in general they're just kind of like real loyal so shut the fuck up bitch yeah all right so we were just talking about
0: a couple inhibitors um, to the growth of K-hip-hop on the more niche genres of Korean music that are not K-pop. But do you guys wish that um, Korean rap, Korean R&B, etc. would grow, um, especially this side of um, Western Australia? Um,
1: I feel like it definitely needs a lot more exposure here to grow. But then another barrier of that from happening is that people just don't understand Korean so they won't know what's in the lyrics like a lot of people might just listen to music for the instrumentals but then there's a whole other side of people that listen to it especially for the lyrics
0: and then there are some
1: people who are willing to look it up for the translations and then see what they're actually talking about in their songs but the majority of people wouldn't really care and i think that's what's stopping people from listening to it more here especially as an English-speaking
2: country. Okay. Um, This whole barrier, the language barrier thing, makes a lot of sense, but I also do reckon that um, K-Rap, in general, is just so unique and so innovative to the point where, like, it's like, there's no language barrier when it comes to twisting someone's nuts, you know? Like... <laughs> Like, if they twist your nuts, you don't need to say anything in the language. It just hurts, you know? So, like... um, Pain is universal. Fuck universal. (laughs) I hope he's a universal. Um, uh, An example of this is one of Kugi's new songs that I released. Kugi's a Korean rapper. Fucking legend. Um, He's got a new song called I Got a Feeling. And if you listen to that, you'll know exactly what I mean when I say... He's gonna twist your nuts, and he's gonna twist them right off.
0: Is that why you got a feeling? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I so got the feeling. Okay. Yeah. On that note, um, yeah, we do we do see that huge language barrier being an issue, um, with regards to people listening to Korean music or not. But like, for example, we have songs like Despacito, who hit the top of the charts. Um, yet still people don't really understand what's going on another example i like it by cardi b there's a whole spanish section and people still people still twerk into this music so um it might be a bit tough to get into the the korean rap korean r&b um world first but i think you guys are quite experienced quite um seasoned listeners of this type of music so for people that are just starting out um in, within this genre, could you give some suggestions for uh, people that could be, like, beginners out there? Hmm.
2: Hmm. Um, sigh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Don't listen to this, guy. A good start to um, uh, listening to K-Rap in general is, I think it is good to go search out for some Korean-American artists first because it's, like, it really eases you into... The language barrier, as they speak both English and—I was about to say American—but English and Korean. uh, And although like it doesn't make all the sense, you do get a bit of that screw it, screw and like the you know the English in there. And I feel like it's pretty good. One of these types of artists um, are DPR, just the DPR crew in general. PH1, yeah, Hash1, yeah, yeah oh, Hash1, yeah. <laughs> hash <one. laughs> um, yeah, so,
1: like, PH1, the DPR crew, J Park as well, J Park even has full English songs as well, so that's a very easy gateway into Korean music, but then... For those people out there who like K-pop, so all your K-pop groups, you know, there's all these um, people who've previously been in K-pop groups have now delved into the Korean hip-hop genre. So, one big example is j Park himself, who used to be in a Korean uh, pop group. But then, as of recent, you've had two people from GOT7 delved into Korean hip-hop, one being JB, the other one being yu -Gi 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 gi they're both under J Park's label. So, as a K pop fan, that's a very easy entrance into Korean hip hop. Um, but yeah, if you haven't listened to Korean pop before and just want Korean hip hop, then those artists we said before are
0: very good recommendations. Mm-hmm. 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 So, um, we were just talking about, you know, like Korean American artists having like English lyrics in their songs, but do you guys think that they purposely do this? In order to attract a wider audience or is it just an expression um, of what they want to you know let the listeners hear
1: 100% to attract more Western people or it's just like the only words they know in their English vocab (laughs) and like their ad libs like skirt yarn yeet
2: I feel like a big part of this is that Koreans really do eat up like the American culture and a lot of like English words are pretty hip in Korea Mm -hmm so once you combine like the english words that are hip and the korean rap in it it becomes like a whole new a whole new type of music in korea in itself because you're using the hip words that half the people just don't really understand or can understand only those words plus the korean in it and they're like fuck me this is like the most fucking lit thing i've listened to in my (laughs) life and that's what kind of gives that twist like like if you had just k korean in your rap just like one hand on my nuts but then (laughs) then if you got korean and english you might as well have two hands on my nuts and rip (laughs) it apart you know yeah
1: two hands on my nuts like this like that that's your shaft no like on your nuts like Oh, is that just what on one note? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> or you can.
2: It
0: sounds like step just... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> on that note, um, we're just talking about you know the twists that adding English or slash American hip words can add to Korean music, Korean hip hop, Korean rap especially. But do you guys think that that um that gimmick is eventually going to take over and then? Um, Korean hip hop is just gonna be basically recycled American hip hop.
2: Um, I feel like they will never get to a point where Korean rap will become recycled American hip hop because Korean rap is just so unique, um, genre itself that it doesn't matter where the American rap trend or like that kind of stuff really goes. I feel like Korean music in general can carry itself as of now at least because it's become such a there's such a wide audience for it and korean koreans are just absolutely pumping music these days and everything that comes out it's just such a banger and i've been nut every single time kooky drops a new song and like once by drops his next beat man i i think i'm gonna ascend yeah that's the
1: thing like the producers in korea are like so much better than the ones in america like as at least from the ones i've heard of like your basic american producer chucks on those 808s the hi-hats maybe some funky little percussion bits maybe a bit of that bit of that nut (laughs) bit of that gorgorg 3000 but like korean producers you know They put everything. They even like mix different genres. Like BY, for example, (laughs) he likes to mix in a lot of orchestral um, elements into his beats. Because
2: man's an ascended.
1: Because man is Christian after all, just like Kanye West himself. Don, (laughs) Don, 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 (laughs) Don. Christian New York. Don, Don. Yeah. Or like, you know, yeah, a lot of UK drill beats, that sort of stuff. Pretty same all around. But then cream, hip hop. all kinds of different genres mixing together you got your drill you got your jazz elements you got your orchestral elements you got your basic hip-hop elements even like your boom bap elements um noteworthy person if you want to listen to um korean boom bap is nuffla
2: yeah uh also feel like the the korean ad lib game is just absolutely miles and fucking countries ahead of america (laughs) like america you just hear the skirt. You just hear the ah, you just hear the ga, you just hear the hang hang. <laughs> but in Korea, you hear like the wow, and that shit fires. Fuck, I cannot come up with any of those. Men literally needs like a fucking bass boosted mice to fucking produce those kind of sounds.
1: Yeah, I do like uh, Korean ad-libs a lot, especially, um, like in the DNA remix where Peach One goes,
0: or mm. <laughs> <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> <laughs> those, are, those are some good ad-libs, guys. And, um, <clears throat> we did mention B-Y before. I would consider him pretty much a pioneer, especially with mixing in that orchestral, like you said, orchestral music with, um, those hip, K-hip-hop, B. Uh, beats as well but um, I would also say that wise music production skills are actually quite inspirational like oh, yeah. they make me want to sort of create my own things but I also hear that both you um, Jerry and you Ricky both have had some experience in producing slash making music so for those who are you know just no, starting out and making music do you have any tips for them? Yo, if you've
1: got a MacBook or just any Apple product at home, you got GarageBand Garage there for Band. free.
0: GarageBand
1: <laughs> is the way to go. Honestly, it's free. You can just download a bunch of extra shit you want on the internet for free yeah, and then use that down. in your music. Like, um, for example, Praise the Lord by ASAP Rocky. The little flute thing on there, that's from GarageBand. They just yoinked that from GarageBand. Like, you don't need like a real expensive door or any of these expensive vsts you just you just need garage band and you're good maybe like if you want to invest in something maybe invest in like a decent sounding mic so that if you are recording vocals it doesn't sound like and like poor quality um but other than that that's like
2: the easiest way to start out yeah, man, speaking facts, this band shit is going crazy these days. It's like, there's 10-year-old kids on the marketplace trying to sell their beats for, like, 10 bucks. There's pumping out fucking their But, but it works. they kids pumping out music, and you know what? They're doing better than the 18-year-olds pumping out music. And you know what? Those 18-year-olds are pumping out music better than the 20-year-olds. And you know what? It just keeps going up because the younger you are, the better you get in many ways. Um... Uh yeah, oh. <laughs> don't to me.
1: I mean, if if you do, if you don't want to use GarageBand because you know there's always that stigma behind GarageBand. It's like oh, there's not enough stuff on there. I can't experiment enough with it. Then if you really want to go down that route, you can try just getting hacked versions of like better software, like FL Studio, for example, which is very. Common among um
2: hip hop and rap producers. Alright, so if you're on garage band, I'm pretty sure you can add your own um yeah. sounds to it. Yeah, you can. So you can literally source the sounds from anywhere. Even YouTube, just fucking yoink it. It's not copyright if you take it without any no one knowing. Oh
1: I'm the better. <laughs> uh you just <laughs> change
2: it up a little bit, trust me. And yeah, sample it. Yeah, just sample it. Put it on GarageBand and you're good to go. Oh, fun fact,
1: Joji, aka um Francis of the Filth, um, <laughs> he he actually started with GarageBand <laughs> when he first started making music, and he still uses it sometimes to this day. So it just goes to show you don't have to use expensive software to be famous, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So as Jerry said before, he said, "Don't cancel me." And um, we just want to make a bit of a commentary about cancel culture in today's society. So what can what can't be said? How far can we go, Jerry?
2: All right, so I've had this problem come up many times recently. And um, just within the past couple of years, the cancel culture has gotten so bad to the point where you can't drop a racist joke without someone trying to cancel you. You can't drop anything like... Literally, you talk about helicopters and someone would be like, fuck you, I identify as a Apache helicopter, <laughs> and I'm going to get cancelled. Like, I could I could talk shit about going to the toilet, and then someone would be like, fuck, I'm a toilet, why are you talking shit about me? Like, I'm about to shit on you. Like, even objects, you can't talk shit about objects anymore. You can't hurt people's feelings or else you're going to jail and this whole cancel culture has become so strict to the point where it's honestly just a meme and you know what people that don't appreciate this kind of cancel culture like me should rise up hit me up in my dms at uh me <laughs> if you're also not about this cancel culture because i've honestly had enough of not being able to crack a massive joke on this racial slurs
1: i mean I do believe that there's a reason why these things can't be said um, due to their history. But also, I do agree that sometimes people are a bit protective over what you can and can't say. Because things you can't say now, people would have said, like, five years ago. And that's not even a long, like, time difference. Yeah,
2: five years ago and they would have fucking laughed their ass off. Yeah,
1: they would have laughed at the same jokes, which you can't say today. So... Mm-hmm. um yeah i do feel like the world has a become become a bit more um what's the word
0: sensitive
1: yeah sensitive bitch <laughs> bitch yeah a bit bitchy you know yeah. a little overprotective
2: uh-huh. i feel like everybody is just living with a filter these days and at some point someone's gonna take that filter off and it might be me next
0: i think you don't have a filter already
2: <laughs> <laughs> but don't cancel me
0: but don't cancel him is the name of the game. Okay, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. We've taken up enough. We've taken up enough time of these guys' hands. Um, we'll just get you guys to drop your apps for your Instagram.
1: All right, hit me up at Ricky Hewittson on Instagram. <laughs>
2: that's
1: that is spelled R I K I H U A R T S O N. For those who don't know how to spell, if you want to follow my TikTok, that's Yum Yum Snitch. My account got deleted at 69k, but I'm trying to make a
2: comeback. <laughs> um, Alright, so... um, Try not to cancel me. Follow me up at ZO underscore ME7. So ME7. Yes. Alright, thank you guys again for listening
0: to our pilot episode of What Does It Take? Um, we Does hope you guys... So we hope you guys enjoyed this first episode. You have, to, you have episode. to drop it. You have to drop it. it okay? Thank you guys for listening to... The pilot episode for what does it take to produce notes <laughs> <laughs> episode yeah pilot episode <laughs> so we hope you guys tune in for um our future episodes and um please let us know what you think no. <coughs> also send messages for who you'd like on the podcast in the future and goodbye for now Yes.